0: Welcome to the RTE Soccer Podcast, World Cup Daily Edition. As promised yesterday, I'm going to call that something different every day. The words will be in a different order, but you get the gist. Uh, This evening, I am joined by uh, John Bruin, English football journalist, and by Conor Neville of RTE Sport. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm very well, Mikey. Thanks for having me yeah lovely to have you john uh we were just discussing off air the last time myself and john spoke was uh the day after the 2014 uh world cup final we were sitting on copacabana beach drinking a few beers so this is just like that um (laughs) um, there probably are a few english fans in qatar now squeezed into the rooftop bars and fan zones enjoying a few delicious budweiser's uh toasting a 6-2 win john which is um just what the English team ordered. There was, you know, questions about whether Gareth Southgate's team had lost some momentum in the build-up to the tournament. But more immediately, um, the build-up to this match was very much overshadowed by the um, never-ending One Love armband debate, which was ended quite definitively by FIFA with the rather undramatic threat of a yellow card, which seems to have which, which seems to have done it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about the, the yellow card
1: has been the punishment that uh, everyone's talked about all day, but just looking at some coverage in the past hour or so, uh, the suggestion appears to be that the sanction would be heavier. So someone like Harry Kane or Gareth Bale from Wales or whoever of those other European countries that was carrying a, uh, was wearing the armband, would get a, a serious sanction and um, so maybe, I mean, uh, we've all said it, I've said it certainly, that you know this idea of, well, surely you take a yellow card for this um, is perhaps not quite as cut and dried as we might think. It appears to me uh, this is a, a FIFA directive. Um, there is this uh, from the Qataris themselves. They claim they haven't put any pressure on this. Well, OK. Uh, but um, what you would... what Essentially FIFA, um, and Mikey, you've been to these tournaments... FIFA go to these countries uh, and they want to escape essentially with the loot uh, from from this adventure they don't want to uh, antagonize the host of this country so they take uh, these steps and they don't really care who they um, if I may use the phrase piss off uh, and, and, and uh, so that the others suffer others have to bear the brunt of that and England and we've seen this issue which Belgium can't wear uh, their away kit because it holds some sort of rainbow insignia. Uh, there's been Welsh fans um had their rainbow um bucket Booker hats, hats. T- bucket hats taken off them. Grant Wall, the famed US journalist, was refused entry of wearing a rainbow shirt. They've gone heavy on this. And England appears to be caught within that.
0: Yeah. Um kind of we were just on the podcast last time we were saying, you know. We'll move on to the football shortly, and I was saying, well, actually, tomorrow, day two, it could be as political as any day of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Never mind the first day, because uh, uh, England v Iran, was obviously, has many uh, historical connotations. But it was it was in stark contrast, wasn't it, really, that England and these other European countries, uh, you know, kind of bowed to FIFA's demands not to wear an armband, whereas the Iranian team are risking God knows what kind of sanctions yeah. by sta- by not singing their national anthem in protest to the treatment of protesters in their own country. So um, the whole stick to football brigade aren't having a very good tournament so far and just hats off to the Iranian footballers who have shown some real courage because there was a couple of players who spoke out before the squad was announced and there yeah. was pressure in their home country for them not to be selected. So for them to en masse to make this decision. Uh, is ballsy
2: absolutely and, and they could face a much heavier sanction than you'd imagine uh well what was initially reported to be just a yellow card i know john says it might be more there might be more to it than that but yeah it, it, the optics of it uh from the point of view of the iranian protest vis-a-vis england and wales caving on this is a uh, very stark and it, it doesn't really look good for him i am surprised the extent to which um fifa will have, have caved into the qataris demands i mean i do recall in brazil uh, in 2014 they had laws against drinking um, at matches and this fifa essentially prevailed upon them that they had to be allowed to sell beer at these games so I, i i'm i'm struck by the extent to which the qataris seem to have imposed their will on fifa now i know they're they're you know FIFA is a world body and they see that they, they were determined obviously to take it to the Arab world at some point you know and how it went there is very controversial but you know I I, I had I had kind of thought that there might be more give and take as regards um, you know Qatari maybe the Qatari bowing to the to outside forces but they don't seem to be doing that it's almost as if they're uh, entirely disenchanted with the um, sort of criticism they're receiving there and they're lashing out in a, in a, it feels almost defiant uh, from the hosts at this point.
0: It does. And as, as John says, the, the tradition is that, uh, FIFA come into town, um, insist you build these stadiums yeah. and update your infrastructure, spend millions upon hundreds of billions, and then insist you do whatever FIFA wants and guitar are doing that, John. And it's, um, no. it's making for some, from, uh, you know, from this remove, it's fascinating, and obviously for those on the ground in Qatar, it's 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 a very interesting World Cup. And the idea that these issues were going to go away once the ball started rolling, as Gianni said, um, I think that might have been a bit naive on FIFA and the Qatari uh, ruling uh, pa- families' uh, part. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, and and Gianni himself.
1: I mean, who this would be bowing and scraping whenever possible uh with the you know altani um family the ruling family of qatar um yeah I, I mean i hope you have to hope actually that such pressures continue throughout the tournament i think they probably will um and that makes FIFA look ridiculous though as we've seen over the years they don't really care about looking ridiculous it's okay as i said just as long as they make that loot and then we roll on and of course one of the games Tomorrow features Saudi Arabia heavy bidders for twenty thirty. Uh, already have Lionel Messi as one of their uh, boys. I mean, it's all it's all interlinked, and and I suppose you could try and concentrate on the football if you wanted, but I think football, particularly in the last twenty years or so, is tainted oh. by these scandals, isn't it? So this and oh, actually we can call it a scandal, can't we? Yeah, uh, <laughs> just by by this filthy lucre, the sex missiles called it. And that's pretty much it.
0: Connor, we're trying to watch this match.
1: I'm,
2: I'm worried about yelping like Paul Merson here, but Wales also <laughs> scored there, but um Davis, yeah.
0: They almost scored what they did.
2: Almost. No, it was a uh, good so save. Uh, the, the, yeah. This is
0: the glory of trying to watch a match in the age of uh, stream. Well, oh, that is a good save. I'm watching on uh, the esteemed <laughs> RTE player, which by its nature, it's a very reliable service. In, in my yeah. book, John, you won't notice the RT player is kind of. Yes, some I, have used it. I have used it. <laughs> it Brilliant. comes in for yeah. some criticism yeah. where, uh, where, at times of heavy traffic. Oh, oh. Again.
1: Well, we, we've, we have the same problem in the UK with the yeah. iPlayer and ITV Hub have already uh, social media Disgrace over
2: those. So. Yeah, so, um, so I'm I'm FIFA, watching a little behind here. On FIFA, I mean, I'm struck by how sycophantic, how aggressively sycophantic Infantino is. I mean, even you yeah, know, with Putin, even uh, there was that promo. He, he did a kind of a meet and greet in the White House with Trump when they were unveiling the sort of American, the America, Canada, Mexico bid, and his fawning over Trump is. It's quite a spectacle to look at, you know. I mean yeah. you gave him a yellow and a red card to show the media or something.
0: The one thing yeah. you say about Seth Blatter is he didn't usually do the fawning. He was usually yeah. fawned upon. Um... think yeah. Yeah. Tino's doing the impossible.
2: <laughs> I think Blatter looked almost <laughs> Statesman positive,
0: <laughs> like, the, like the Um, okay, let's let's switch to the football for a little while, uh, John, because for Garrett Southgate, that was a pretty good outing. Um Iran are no mugs, you know, they're 20th in the world, um, yeah. have some footballers um, uh, obviously playing at a very high level and the doubts about England before the, before the, coming into the tournament, strangely, given what Southgate okay had based his success on thus far was the defence in that few fullbacks down, Harry Maguire not playing. Um, so he, he said afterwards, he's a bit peeved at the two goals conceded, but I think, you know, he'll probably sleep okay considering they scored six at the other end and did look unlike at times um at the euros even though they, they reached the final where you know the attack wasn't always that fluid it really did look good I and mean, when you see the subs they have to bring on as well um you know yeah, there, there I, are I, reasons I, I for mean, optimism
1: yeah yeah i mean talking of those subs i mean marcus rashford comes on scores in 49 seconds looks like the Marcus Rashford we remember from a few years ago um Callum wilson who i suppose was it wasn't a controversial choice, but it was a it was one of the big selections he had to make. Him over Ivan Tony, though, We probably know why Ivan Tony hasn't been selected now. And uh, but Callum Wilson came on, showed great unselfishness in setting up a goal for Jack Grealish, obviously it honors a sub himself. And but beyond that, uh, it, I'm fairly sure I've not seen the papers for tomorrow just yet. But it will be all about Jude Bellingham, Saka, um, that just looked a level of talent that, obviously, as, as an Englishman, we don't often see. And we seem to have a lot of those players at the moment. Um Now, Gareth uh, Southgate has been criticised, uh, particularly among certain broadsheet journalists over here, for not releasing the handbrake. Um But that was a... It, it seemed to me that he felt that Iran were probably there for the taking, even though, I think, the England coaching team, a couple of them had said that Expected a dog in the a dog of a game. They just went for it, um, and okay, you might suggest that um, because of the issues we talked about before, the Iranian team were perhaps not uh, as mentally prepared for the game as they might be. Um, you know, but again, football does not operate in a bubble, but um, England took them apart. They were ruthless. Um, I was just watching uh, one of those videos that footballers do now of Harry Kane, you know, delivering that, that and he must be annoyed he didn't score in that, go, that game and he played very well it has to be said he played very well uh but if you're harry kane and you're looking to be the all-time scorer for england in a world cup and uh in uh in major tournaments and for the national team be a bit gutted by that because he ran at a certain point in that game it looked like they were there for taking could have wrapped up a score and of course it did
0: last 108 minutes or whatever so plenty of time to score oh, even more than that um Connor, I, I, I think as good as, as England were going forward, um, a lot of the uh, explanation. For that 6-2 scoreline could come down to the reason for the first long stoppage which was the loss of the um first choice goalkeeper too it looked like a broken nose and probably a concussion he was but the fact that they were so desperate to sew up his face and get him to continue and yeah. also um carlos Queiroz headed his hands as the sub goalkeeper went on suggested that they didn't have a lot of faith in their number two and um according to the stats i saw england had seven shots on target and they scored six <laughs> goals. So maybe Carlos was onto something.
2: He doesn't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of the goals. Were any dramatically his fault?
0: Um, nah, no, they weren't nah. really. No,
2: I mean, I, I thought England were... They weren't
0: well, all unstoppable, but there was no clangers. No.
2: I thought they were very slick and authoritative now, England. And they're definitely contenders. I mean, I, I'd kind of been... Um, I suppose it underlines um, the extent to which England is kind of indifferent towards the Nations League. Because I think some of us might have been got the notion that their wave had sort of crested a bit over the because their form had been quite uneven this year i mean i know that they, they didn't perform terribly well in the nation league but i suppose it shows how little interest and how much apathy there is for that tournament in england and they uh yeah they i thought they looked exceptionally good i mean he, i can it's not that long ago, I mean, I suppose it's a decade ago, where you remember England struggling in these sorts of games. I mean, I, I think hmm. the, game that, the game that sticks out to me is Algeria under Fabio Capello, I think the game where Wayne Rooney mouths something into the camera. At the, end. the game <laughs> doesn't stick I mean, out for many reasons. It used, yes. to be a, it used to be a sort of long-standing tendency of England to sort of draw nil-nil. Struggle, the game, yeah. Then maybe. the last World Cup, they, they it, put six it, past it Panama, does, so... It doesn't happen anymore. They just, you know, they yeah. they well, bump all over these teams now. And you know, they I, I thought they looked, um, you know, extremely good. Um, Iran are probably poor. I suspect they'll probably prop up this group. Looks like looks like America are going to come second. But yeah, um, no, England are are definite contenders. I think
0: John, the one reason for maybe the 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 uptick in England's form is the uh, aforementioned Jude Bellingham. But you'd also have to say. The resurgence of Luke Shaw has definitely added something there. So it's, oh, yeah. not, it's not a new team, but add in a nineteen-year-old who is coveted by every club across Europe and who definitely adds some like he's defensive midfielder who can attack basically, which is a great thing beside Declan Rice and also you know Luke Shaw is going through uh, one of in his peaks and troughs. He's at a peak of form at the moment, and like you you tend you can't forget when he goes through those periods of uh, lack of confidence or whatever you want to call it. He's a fantastic fullback, attacking fullback when he's on form and he's fit. So himself and Bellingham have certainly added something and kind of regenerated slightly the 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 team of Euro twenty
1: twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what well, scored in the final Euro Euros and played yeah. very well in that tournament has not played at all well since pretty much. Yeah, uh, maybe improved a little bit under uh, Eric Ten Hag at United. Um, the thing is with with Bellingham, um, I mean, you know, you have that thing where he left Birmingham City uh, and they retired his shirt uh, I think he was 17 at the time might actually have been only been 16. um they simply know did they simply know didn't they how good this guy could be uh, a colleague of mine at the Guardian as a Birmingham city fan he he watched him and just said this guy is unbelievable and um England have been pretty decent in midfield in in, in recent years but Um, and I I don't want to criticise Jordan Henderson because I think he's been a good player for England, but the the difference in what Bellingham provides is is huge um, because you've got that defensive ability, you've got that ball-carrying ability, um, he scores goals as well. I mean, it's his first goal for England, but he scores goals in the Bundesliga. Um, It's one of those things. I mean, Liverpool uh, supposedly have planned to sign Jude Bellingham next summer. This is part of the the master plan to... um, Recharge their team well, good luck is all I can say because, uh, you know, no wonder they're casting around for new owners because they'll need to spend quarter of a billion to get him by the looks of things. Because, uh, if it carries on like this, um, yeah, everyone's going to want him.
0: Yeah, it is actually that's that's one unusual kind of quirk of this winter world cup where you know you don't have the summer spending, you know, it'd be unusual for real Madrid to like you know spend half a billion in the uh January transfer window you you wonder will that will that old tradition yeah. of um you know the kind of galactical supermarket sweep happen uh, in the January transfer window or will they just have to sit on their hands till next summer and and do all their shopping uh we'll have to wait and see on that front um yeah as you said John we, we don't really know uh, kind of how how big the hype is going to get it has seemed tempered and I think it's I think it's just it's probably the same in every country the world cup hasn't unfortunately we're not there but obviously but it does seem that the one week build up you know yeah. the, the you know the unhappiness a lot of people have with many many things to do with this world cup uh, it it seems to me that england could possibly benefit from this because nobody has ever argued that well you know the eng the england team you know they, <laughs> they could benefit from a bit more pressure from their media you know it, it seems that perhaps this could be a good thing that you know they'll always say they're you know they're closed off from kind of the hype etc. But I don't think that's true. So perhaps this slightly low key kind of lead into it might help them.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think that's helped. But I do think um, I think a lot of the credit has to come to Gareth Southgate in that uh, the England team has a this fairly open door policy. The, me, the 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 media, the English media's relationship with the England team. Is not the same as it was back when Roy Hosson was a manager, you know, where it was adversarial. Obviously, there's going to be a couple of grizzled old hacks who, just for the sake of it, are going to write, get rid of this guy because, well, there's nothing else to write. But, and, and you know, all the handbrake stuff comes into that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that this World Cup has almost arrived, of course, not by surprise because we've known about it for 12 years or when was the decision made? Say six, seven years ago that we knew it was going to be played in the middle of winter. But um, yeah, I haven't seen a great deal of hype. I mean, you, you had the odd pictures of, you know, Rishi Sunak watching the game, Sakir Starmer watching the game. There's obviously been a footage from Croydon Box Park, uh, people heading down there at, at midday to get, get pissed up on a Monday. I mean, you know, it's all a bit try hard. Um, But the thing is, during a summer tournament in England, just as it is in Ireland, uh, you know, there are no England flags on my street. There's no bunting. Yeah. Uh, the, the pubs aren't really advertising watching England games here. So it's just very very different, very different. Well um, I'm sure the England team feel an element of pressure, and that will go on as the tournament's gone on. But I suppose when you've been a relatively successful team, maybe you don't quite, quite feel the pressure as they have done when they weren't as well equipped for these tournaments.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what John says, Connor, about, you know, kind of the pubs, it's, it's not kind of, the hype isn't there, obviously, because people aren't on holiday, kids are in school, Um, you know, people probably have to work. A lot of people working from home now. I wonder if this is the, True, because uh, we're just talking about the RT player. There is this. Is this the first streaming World Cup? Now is this the World Cup people are going to watch in solitude at their working from home desks? It, it could. It could have untold repercussions on the the World Cup. Possibly, yeah.
2: I mean, I, I read Larry Ryan's article over the weekend about how the World Cup. He, he, the World Cup isn't in Qatar. It's on the telly, and he talked about how he described every World Cup in terms of where he was in life and where he watched it and uh yeah that could be there there does seem to be a sort of atomized watching it at home kind of element to this world cup there isn't the same pub activity um yeah in terms of the high i mean the sort of quiet quietened atmosphere out of england and out of the english press was one of the biggest um sort of most disconcerting aspects of this world cup because it's usually (laughs) it's usually very loud and and hard to hard to ignore whereas it seemed (laughs) Kind of absent, and there was a lot of primarily discussion of sort of outside non-football issues, which have which have continued. I mean, I, I presume it'll change the deeper England going into the tournament, and, and it will ramp up. I mean, you know, mm. you have to expect that, and I would imagine they'll 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 go fairly deep. But uh, yeah, I, I would expect it, it it it'll ramp up, particularly if the if they continue to play as well as as they did today. Um, yeah. my, my favorite. Social media comment just that by the by was someone saying the scoreline 6 2 is usually followed by. Joe Root coming on to rescue England. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I like it. That's a joke which might be
0: lost on some of our audience. But possibly, possibly, but we're 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 counting on John's massive social media following bringing us in a lot of English listeners and viewers here, so they'll enjoy that one, Connor. Um, speaking of streaming the World Cup, I'm I'm working from home the last couple of days, and uh, so my wife has been getting involved, and uh, she's actually predicted the uh, winner of every match so far, which I can't say. So, um. Yeah, I remember who she All backed done. this one? Yeah, yeah, it's obviously some knowledge. Turn sure that in. into
2: a, a slot on the website.
0: Oh, like she could be our psychic octopus. My wife, that I, I don't not sure if she go for that. Um, did have a frog in the back garden today, which someone suggested we could get it to leap into buckets with the different countries' flags <laughs> on it. Um, this frog seemed a little bit. I think he's a bit long in the tooth for any jumping. That's why he's stuck in my garden. Um, We'll move on uh, briefly just to touch on the Netherlands and Senegal. Uh, this is one of the matches where I, I really thought, you know, Mane obviously missing, but Senegal, a very strong squad, uh, regardless, John, an insult to kind of call them a, a one man team. And I thought there was a case of uh, no Memphis to play, no party for the Netherlands, too. And that actually turned out to be the case because they couldn't score a goal until he surprisingly yep. appeared off the bench. And, you know, for people whose football kind of revolves around the Premier League. um, The fact that Memphis Depay is possibly the most lethal um striker in European international football is kind of a surprise. He didn't score, but he certainly made them a more threatening team when he came on, and his fitness is is clearly key for Van Gaal here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and of course <laughs> Van Gaal had him uh, as a younger player at Manchester United, you know, and he barely played. You know, he, he just disappeared, but... Uh reunified uh and um having said that i watched yeah obviously that game all the way through and I thought I've seen this game before from a Van Hal team which is
0: <laughs> bitty. Penalty.
1: Uh
0: penalty oh, oh we've got a is penalty to Wales? Wales I look forward to seeing this <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I didn't see it either but It's like Gareth Bale's gone down so Ramsey
2: Bail,
1: is, now and yeah, Ream or is it Ream? No, it's one of the uh, uh, Tim Ream. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, it's a stick on penalty. The waving of the finger from the defender always tells <laughs> you that that's exactly what he's
2: yeah, doing yeah. and the referee well, is that four thing feet is, away needs to be, needs to be got rid of. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that 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 referee was was pretty sure he's a Qatari referee as well, isn't he? So this is okay. this is his chance from the highest and, level. Yes, yeah, wow. no, that that that's a penalty. Um. So while while we wait for the VAR check, we've you've probably got about three minutes to. do it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he it it seems call.
1: to be ushering away Americans at the, at the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've seen that those games before. As I say, um, Van hal a manager or a coach that always seems to reinvent the wheel. Um, they appear to have only one midfielder in the game, Frankie de Jong, who mm. had a lot of the ball. Um, and they had a load of wingers and players playing in weird positions. Um. And um there was that early miss, I think it was from De Young himself actually, where it was almost the classic Van Hall ball played across when you've got an overload and he missed it and he overtook it and he, he didn't make a chart, I don't think. Yeah, he played one too many touches and I just thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched this with three, four years at, at Manchester United or two seasons. Uh, and then yeah, th- they got the job done because I think they've got high quality players. Oh, Wales score. Oh, why not? Gareth Bale, mm-hmm. of course. So, uh, yeah, um, that game, from what I've seen, looks like it's got away from United States. Who were absolutely fantastic yeah. in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. all over um, them.
2: But
1: I think that's that's the thing with Wales, isn't it? That they hang on so well in these games. Um, and and someone like Bale, um, I mean, he hasn't been able to run a leg for years, but he always turns up in these matches. Yeah, incredible. But Aaron Ramsey, they were saying, you know, had barely played. Benice and, you know, another player. It, 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 that's the thing about international football, isn't it? That certain players come to the party. Um, Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and Talking to Mane, it's just a shame that he isn't there to do that job
0: for his country. Yeah, it, it is Because, like, Senegal, they look... they've so many, you know, really quality players. Um, yeah. But, you know, like... ...Argentina, Shorn and Messi aren't, and, and nobody's talking about them as potential winners of the tournament, like, you know, international football, the standard isn't as high as a top level club football, and if you have one world class footballer and you lose them, um, you don't have to be Senegal to be in trouble there, I think. So Um, that group um, is probably, you probably describe it as finely poised now because Ecuador and uh, Senegal Connor would probably still be fancying their chances of getting out of there because everybody's got to think that Qatar are um, a yeah, bit of a dead yeah. dog. Yeah,
2: um, when, when we saw obviously Qatar in Ireland last year and they, they lost 4-0 in Dublin and that appears to have been a, an accurate uh, a sort of picture of who they really are. So yeah, Netherlands are effectively through the group. Uh, I was doing the minute by minute from that game. I was quite unimpressed by them I have to say. Um, De Jong was very uneven performance but then he, yeah. he turned up he, he did curl in that uh cross for the goal Gakpo with a, a, a terrific darting run across and and then they uh they scored i was interested uh fifa released a uh attendance which was i believe for they claimed was 41 and a half thousand which was odd given the capacity is apparently 40 000 <laughs> yeah uh yeah and there were several Now you know the fai used to get uh, a hell of a lot of slagging for their claims about attendances uh, here but in fairness to them they never actually went so far as to claim the attendance was bigger than the capacity of, of the stadium so fifa appeared to be breaking new ground there but uh yeah it was um i thought the first half was relatively lively and then it really degenerated um in the second half mm-hmm. and, and senegal look the likelier team to score I mean well I say they look the likelier team to score they look slightly the better team and the more adventurous team but yeah they didn't create huge chances either and uh, Knoppert and Gold did quite well with a couple of saves down 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 to his left um, but uh, I, I wasn't hugely impressed by the Dutch I mean they have a quite a straightforward group from now on so they'll get to the knockout phase but I, 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 I wouldn't um, fancy them to go too far. I don't want to go down the Dunphy route of writing teams off that early. But, <laughs> um, I suspect. Um, I, I I think they're maybe the quarter final might be as far as they'll go on the evidence of today.
0: Today, okay, uh, John. Yeah, the attendances are are definitely not what they're supposed to be. We're looking at no. this case like Wales are as well supported probably as most. Who are, like considering that the hype there. The States are travelling in relatively strong numbers, I believe, from what I read beforehand. Yeah. Obviously, no one's travelling in the same numbers that they might do at another World Cup. but And the atmosphere here sounded great in the first half, despite the fact that there are you're not looking for empty seats. They are apparent all yes. across the stadium.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously Wales, they're not travelling in the numbers that they did to France six years ago, uh, for obvious logistical reasons. But... They are taking... I think that I think the statistic is they're taking as many fans as England. Um, the Americans, I think it's always the case that most tickets that FIFA sell, are the, the, the country that buys the most, are America. I think that's the case again. Uh, in this America sort of, and Mexico
0: always feature very high on that, don't yeah, they? Yeah,
1: yeah. whenever you've when been to World Cups, I'm always on a plane full of Mexicans. I, I'm not sure why that <laughs> is, but that, that is always the case. And, um, yeah, I mean... Oh, the England game earlier had this ticketing problem which brought back actually slightly concerning memories of the Champions League final in Paris where mm. it was to do with ticket printout and Bluetooth on phones and stuff like that. Um, a friend of mine, actually, uh, his his brother uh, is working in the logistics out at that stadium, uh, a Brazilian friend of mine, and uh, he said they'd been happily messaging each other earlier that morning and then his brother disappeared for two Or three hours because suddenly all hell broke loose. That's I mean, <laughs> to sort out this problem. Um, I don't know if fans are actually receiving that great, uh, uh a welcome just yet. Uh, teething problems. I mean, they've had test events, haven't they? They had the hmm. Arabian Cup out there. Um, but that sort of swell of fans, even if it's undersold, um, perhaps hasn't. They're not used to it. And uh, the senegal Netherlands game you mentioned, yeah, a friend of mine was checking what's happening during the game and said it's 10,000 under what you'd expect, and yet uh, the capacity is 1,700 over uh, what they claim, which uh, interesting accounting principles taking place there, perhaps. Let's, let's, let's think it's that.
0: Uh, FIFA an interesting accounting John I'd, I would never conquer. Well, yes. Um okay let's look briefly ahead to tomorrow gents we won't we, we won't dwell too much on it but I did read a rather charming uh, Lionel Messi uh, quote this afternoon which I think I should share with you before they're opening again against Saudi Arabia. It's a beautiful thing that many people um, outside Argentina want us to win and that it's largely because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I Connor, I you just it's okay. He's won the Ballon d'Or seven times. He's the greatest player uh, most of us have seen in our lifetime, at least, or as sentient adults. We're not going to get into that row now. But um, when you're when you're Leo Messi, you're kind of allowed to say things like that. But if for anyone else, if if Cristiano Ronaldo said what Leo Messi said there, Connor, I think there would be people, you know, apoplectic at it. Whereas what Leo Messi, says it, it's kind of, like, ah, bless him, he is awful good, isn't he? It sounds like the type of
2: thing Ronaldo it sounds almost too humble for Ronaldo to come out with <laughs> um, no I mean yeah well it certainly it, it is true it has the benefit of being true uh, or at least it did before he said it but uh, yeah <laughs> no I yeah I mean certainly um, it's a it's a big fact I mean Argentina are one of the most interesting um, aspects of this tournament because it's hard to remember a time when Argentina came to a World Cup not perceived to be in bit of a mess i mean even even the year they got to the final there wasn't a great deal of um they didn't seem to be great buoyancy about them whereas you know they're coming in in fantastic health at the moment i think the last time oddly enough they they went into a world cup this fancy it was in 2002 where um they proceeded to go out in the first round after Mm. david beckham scored a penalty against them but um I still have yeah. that jersey. I'm very very fond
0: of that. Very yeah, simple. Yeah. Classic, Bielsa was manager
2: that I think the Elsa was manager that time. But yeah, yeah. they're on a they're on a 35 game on streak. They haven't lost since the Copa America 2019. And uh yeah, and they they've lost Los Elso, which which is a bit of a loss for them. But they're they're otherwise um they're they're in uh, excellent shape and Messi is no longer sort of um carrying them on his, on his own he, he doesn't he, he's probably not burdened with that task as he, as he may have been in years past they appear to have uh, a better all-around uh, they seem to be a better all around organism so I you know it, it'll be one of the interesting things now obviously that's tempered by the fact that the last time we were, everyone was tipping them was too, they proceeded to go out in the first round so <laughs> yeah I presume they'll have too much for uh, the uh, 2030 hosts uh, yeah
0: it's, it's, it's if they do but five, six, seven past uh, Saudi Arabia tomorrow, John. It's gonna, it's gonna really kind of top a fairly miserable three days for Middle East football. <laughs> They're also in the World Cup and Qatar, Iran, and potentially you'd have to think Saudi Arabia could be on the end of a shellacking as well. It's, it's, it's really not what they wanted. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, I was surprised to learn Qatar Asian champions, which uh, you know probably doesn't say much after what we saw in that opening game, where I suspect Ecuador stepped a little off the gas, um, and um, politically sensitive, perhaps. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Argentina. Yeah, I mean, there is this idea, isn't there, about the supporting cast that he's got. Um, there's a proper striker there in Lautaro Martinez from Inter Milano. He's such a good player, um, and then that host of young talent, and it's, you know, Julian Alvarez of Manchester City among them. Uh, the thing is with with Argentina is uh, and uh, it, with Messi, you've always seen these players who are brilliant players for their clubs just sort of fade in his wake. Um, I'm thinking of Sergio Aguero. Now, Aguero's fitness for Argentina always seems to be a, a bit off. But um, th- this team does appear to work better. Lionel Scaloni, West Ham legend, uh, appears to have got into uh, Messi's head, um, appears to make him realise that he doesn't have to do everything. And as he's got older, uh, he perhaps picks his moments a bit more because the image of Messi at a World Cup is in almost carrying the ball everywhere and trying to do everything because he can't trust this group of other idiots, most of whom play for top European clubs, to do the job for him. Uh, That's changed. Um, You remember the World Cup in 2018 where they were taken apart by Mbappe. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting what he says about this, you know, that everyone's on my side thing. I think it's true. I think we always get to this position, don't we, these greats, when they reach the final tournament, that we want them... To do well, and it would be nice to send them off with a nice one song. Except perhaps this time, no one really wants that for Cristiano Ronaldo. But I suppose uh, he's had that at Euro twenty sixteen, so he's had his fun. Uh,
0: maybe it's Messi's turn. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think there is like certainly for the neutrals. Um, as I said, it's always a lovely jersey. I own one, very happy with it. Had it for twenty years. Um, you know, there's the jersey. There is, you know, the style of play. You know there's a lot about Argentina we love, but it, it 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 is messy, really. Um, just to note
2: here, there's nine minutes of injury time. I know this injury time is, is, it, this is becoming this... the World Cup of injury time, really.
0: Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a touch well, of the rugby union to it.
2: Yeah, the last one was
1: the 2018 World Cup was VAR, that was VAR, and this one is just. And actually, if I recall, the last World Cup was it one where they just finished the game dead on 90. So they seem (laughs) to have circumvented this. They've gone against it and gone to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it it, it, it is. It's a little bit ludicrous. It's it's messing with our timings here as well. Um, Probably going to lose John before the end of this game. (laughs) We we might lose all of us before the end of this game. Um, Connor, one thing, kind of uh, a little bit of interest, I suppose, considering the um protests lack of protests um political kind of um messages that have been put across so far we have two teams in action tomorrow in Denmark and Australia Denmark are playing Tunisia and Australia are playing France who have been very vocal in a number yeah. of ways Denmark obviously have got a kit which is um devoid of branding from Hummel uh which is a nice bit of marketing, but also, look, it is making some kind of a statement. And also, obviously, Australia put out a very powerful, the Socceroos put out a very powerful message kind of addressing uh, human rights uh, issues in Qatar. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if whether, either of these clubs do anything tomorrow, uh, sorry, either of these teams do anything tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean, given given the extent uh, to which they have been vocal, um, that will be very interesting to see because, um it's hard to imagine them backing down. I mean, I know there was a sense that England hadn't been quite as forthright. I know the I know they had said they would wear the the one love armband, but I don't think they've quite been as um, aggressively forthright as the Australians or the Danes uh, on these issues. So I mean, it's going to be another flashpoint tomorrow. I I um we'll we'll see though. I mean, you know, FIFA maybe uh, swinging into gear and you know amping up the threats. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd expect another flashback. I'd be surprised now if the Australians back down, given the extent to which they've um, they've come out on this issue and, and been very uh, adamant about it. So I suspect they might uh, they might go for
0: the Ironman and then we'll, we'll see what happens. John, I know you have to go. So just to, in a word, um, France, a few players coming out today. Pretty much explain among them Olivier Giroud explaining why not having Karim Benzema isn't at all a bad thing. The French are great; they can actually come out in the press conference and say, "Your man, the world player or European player of the year, he's injured. Doesn't matter. I get to play, and Mbappe likes me better anyway." So all well in the French camp, it seems.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm casting back to memories of 2010. Was it? Oh yeah, Uh, (laughs) uh, yeah. Raymond Dominic. I think the bus. (laughs) I think. I don't think Deschamps. uh, does horoscopes or relies on them the same as uh, Dominic. But yeah, it's, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? Because I, I, I thinking back to the last Euros, there was some quarrel between Benzema and Mbappe. And then another, uh, um, you know, Giroud, of course, it was a player that was, you know, part of some trio that weren't getting on. Um, that's, I mean, it used to be the Dutch that fell out at these tournaments, but I think in the last few years, it's the, the French that have they've taken on that tradition. Um, and actually, Mbappe, I mentioned him before, you know, outshining Messi four years ago, but suddenly, because they don't have, uh, uh, I'm going to say because they don't have Paul Pogba, no. uh, because Benzema's gone, suddenly there's an awful lot of pressure on him. And of course, uh, one of the things about this tournament of course is that Qatar's influence doesn't go doesn't is it doesn't just stop at this world cup Qatar, of course own psg who mbappe plays for so they'll probably want their star man to, to put on a good showing but he appears to be doing it with a, a rather lesser hand than you might be expected and funny enough uh, benzema's only world cup was that one with dominic in the bus uh, amazing isn't it
2: yeah, and they were. Yeah, the uh, the French philosophers blame bad karma, I believe, for that. The French philosopher class, which is a very large body, of <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad karma. I, be, I believe in that Netflix documentary. They they reflected on the and ball without mentioning Ireland once. I believe uh, yeah. pointed out that they went to the World Cup as frauds, yeah. and when you're a fraud, it never ends well.
0: Really but Connor, it's bad enough we're showing uh, RT Two showed a documentary about uh, Saipan, Saipan this evening. We don't need to start talking about Tierry Um John, thank you very much for joining us. We'll let you go. Me and Connor will stay to the bitter end of USA Wales here and tell people what oh, happened. Yeah, I have
1: a minute left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good luck, lads. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries, John. Chat to you again. Yeah, See you soon. now. Um, yes, Connor. So you, you, you're ahead of me, so you can talk us through this. Um, no, no, I got all means you don't need to talk us to through it, but it no recommend. no just 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 tell us tell us when it ends that's all and um the other game tomorrow just by the way is mexico v poland um not going to put you on the spot here connor and ask you for any um any uh, big thoughts Mexico
2: will reach the last 16 as, the, as they do that's as they is what they do since since um the year bc I mean, you
0: know. and their fans will add much wanted color because as john said they wanted. are always there
2: my my one of my main reflections of the 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 weekend is just how bad Qatar are and how I can't fathom how a team would want to host a tournament like this when their own team when their country would want to host a tournament like this when their own country is so poor. I mean, I would be utterly mortified if Ireland got a tournament and were quite as bad as that. So um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's,
0: it's it's true. Well, we got it, a tournament last it year it and. Yeah, it didn't qualify. So if we get a tournament... We, well, we'll see if we get long into... Long ball Euros. from
2: Wales here. Have they a chance to... Oh, no, the keeper's out, headed right? away. <laughs> oh, he's out of the... Oh! Right, The Wales have a free on the... The, the, the keeper had come out to head away clearance, and I forget who did the uh, Bale kind of leapt on the, got on the ball at halfway and was winding up to kind of loft it, try a loft towards the empty net but Acosta has come come through the back of him very wisely I, I should yeah. add and taken me on I cared for it so well would so it have reminded of, you of a golf shot this loft do you think this this lovely dink yeah yeah golf <laughs> on the brain but uh yeah there's over 10 minutes gone in injury time okay free. i've never done this before by the way so no I this is well this is, like this is the talks. idea I've, i thought it would
0: add add an element of uh free song to our yeah, podcast yeah. if we watch the um final half hour of the 7 p.m kickoff
2: the free kick is floated into the keeper's hands and uh it's lashed clear with to the sound of the final whistle so that's that and uh, the welsh uh they look like they were floundering in the first half drowning lucky yeah. to be to nil down as far as i can see but they've In typical style, uh, they've dug in more than some of their parts as usual and Gareth Bale with the penalty to get a draw. So they're uh, well alive in this Uh tournament.
0: Very well su- summarized, there, Connor. If if, if RTE okay. lose too many commentators during this tournament for any reason, I'll, I'll I'll put in a good word for you. Um, I might get Saudi Arabia if we. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Poland and Saudi Arabia might be the might be the <laughs> one for you. It
2: Might be one for me.
0: Um. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Thank you very much, Connor and John in absentia. Um. Just a reminder, as always, every single game can be watched on RTE. The vast majority of them on RTE too, and obviously. A few um final group games on the rt news channel but if you can't watch them on te- television or the very reliable rt player which has been working for me all day up here in my office you can follow them on the rt Sport website and the rt news app so thank you connor and we will chat to you all <laughs>
1: let's go on me him.